Welcome to the Story King podcast, where great stories are read, discussed, and given their due honor. I'm your host, John Carlo, and we'll be continuing our season three daily series, reading through the fairy tales of the great Hans Christian Andersen. So the fairy tale we're beginning today is called The Snow Queen. This is what the movie Frozen is loosely based off of. That doesn't mean you're going to hear the plot of the movie in this story, but many times filmmakers will be inspired by a famous tale and then create a movie with elements of the original, but they will of course change a bunch of things as well. So this story is actually told in seven different fairy tales. We're not going to read all of them today, just the first two. It will be broken up into five episodes, and I think we'll wrap up season three with the last one. The first story deals with the mirror and the shards of glass. Here it is. Right then, time to start. When we're at the end of the story, we'll know more than we do now, for it has to do with an evil ogre, one of the very worst. It was the devil. One day, he was in a really good mood, for he had made a mirror that had the property of reducing everything good and beautiful that was reflected in it into practically nothing. But whatever was fit for nothing and looked bad grew more pronounced and became even worse. The loveliest landscapes looked like boiled spinach in it, and the best of people turned ugly or stood on their heads with no stomach. Their faces became so distorted that they were unrecognizable, and if someone had a freckle, you could be sure that it spread out over both both nose and mouth. It was most amusing, the devil said. If a good pious thought went through the mind of a person, a grin appeared in the mirror, so that the ogre devil had to laugh at his ingenious invention. Everyone who went to an ogre school, for he ran such a place, said far and wide that a miracle had taken place. Now for the first time, one could really see, they felt, what the world and people really looked like. They ran around with the mirror, and finally there wasn't a country or a single person that had not been distorted in it. Now they wanted to fly up to heaven itself to make fun of the angels and the good Lord. The higher they flew with the mirror, the louder it laughed. They could hardly hold on to it. Higher and higher they flew, closer to God and the angels. Then the mirror shook so violently as it grinned that it shot out of their hands and crashed down onto the ground, where it shattered into hundreds of millions, billions, and even more pieces. And that was precisely what caused even more misfortune than before, for some of the pieces were scarcely as big as a grain of sand, and these flew all over the world, and wherever they got into people's eyes, they stayed put, and then those people saw everything wrong, or only had eyes for what was bad about something, for every speck of the mirror had retained the same power as the whole mirror had possessed. Some people even got a tiny mirror shard in their heart, and that was quite horrible. The heart became like a lump of ice. Some pieces of the mirror were so large that they were used for window panes, but it wasn't worth looking at one's friends through that pain. Others were put in spectacles, and things went badly when people put on those glasses so as to see clearly and be just. The evil ogre laughed till his stomach burst, and that tickled him so wonderfully. But there were even more shards of glass flying around everywhere in the air. Listen now. And here is the second story. It's called A Little Boy and a Little Girl. In the big city, where there are so many houses and people, so that there is not enough space for everyone to have a little garden, and where most people for that reason have to make do with flowers and pots, there were two poor children who nevertheless had a garden that was a bit bigger than a flower pot. 
They were not brother and sister, but they were as fond of each other as if they had been. Their parents lived close to each other. They lived in two attics, where the roof from one next-door house met that of the other, and the gutter followed the eaves, a small window face outwards from each house. You only needed to step over the gutter to get from the one window to the other. Outside the windows, both their parents had a large wooden box where they grew the vegetables they needed as well as a small rose tree. There was one in each box and they grew there so beautifully. The parents came to place the boxes across the gutter so that they almost reached from one window to the other and they looked almost exactly like two embankments of flowers. The long pea stalks hung down over the edges of the boxes and the rose trees grew. Long branches wound themselves round the windows bent towards each other. It was almost like a triumphal arch of greenery and flowers, since the boxes were very high and the children knew that they were not allowed to clamber up onto them. They were often both allowed to climb out to each other and sit on their small stools under the roses, and there they played so marvelously together. In the winter, that pleasure was of course denied them. The windows were often completely frozen shut, but they would heat small copper coins on the tiled stove, place a hot coin on the frozen window pane, and it would form so round, perfectly round, a fine peephole, behind which a wonderfully mild eye would peer out, one from each window, that of the little boy and that of the little girl. His name was Kai, and hers was Gerda. In the summer, they could get together by taking one big step, in the winter, they first had to go down many stairs and up many stairs. Outside, the snow was swirling. They are white bees that are swarming, the old grandmother said. Do they also have a bee queen? The little boy asked, for he knew that among real bees there is such a queen. They do indeed, the grandmother said. She flies where they are swarming at their thickest. She is the largest of them all, and she never remains still on the ground. She keeps on flying up into the black cloud. On many a winter night, she flies through the city streets and looks in through the windows, and then they freeze over so strangely, as if with flowers. Yes, I've seen that, both the children said, and so they knew it was true. Can the Snow Queen come in here? the little girl asked. Just let her try and come in, the boy said, and I'll put her on the hot stove, and then she'll melt. But the grandmother smoothed his hair and told him other stories. One evening when little Kai was at home and half undressed, he crept up onto the chair by the window and looked out of the small hole. A few snowflakes were drifting down, and one of these, the largest of them, came to lie on the edge of one of the flower boxes. The snowflake grew and grew, and finally it turned into a whole woman, dressed in the finest white gauze that was made up of millions of star-like flakes. She was very fine and beautiful, but made of ice, of blinding, twinkling ice, and yet she was alive. Her eyes stared like two bright stars, although there was no calmness or rest in them. She nodded at the window and waved with her hand. The little boy took fright and jumped down from the chair. It was as if a large bird flew past the window. The next day there was a clear frost, and then it began to thaw. The sun shone, everything turned green, the swallows built their nests, the windows were open, and the small children sat once more in their tiny garden, high up in the gutter above all the stories of the houses. The roses bloomed so marvelously that summer. The little girl had learned to hem, and had talked of roses, and when she read that, she thought about her own roses, and she sang it for the little boy, and he joined in. The roses are in blossom in the vale. There the Christ child, too, speaks without fail. And they held each other by the hand, kissed the roses, and gazed into God's bright sunshine, and spoke to it as if the Christ child was there. 
What delightful summer days they were. How wonderful it was to be out there with the fresh rose trees that never seemed as if they would stop blooming. It was when Kai and Gerda sat there looking at a picture book with animals and birds. The clock was just striking five on the great church steeple that Kai said, Ow! Something stuck me in the heart. And now I've got something in my eye. The little girl held him by the neck. He blinked his eyes. No, there was nothing to be seen. I think it's out again, he said. But it wasn't, for it was one of the specks of glass that came from the mirror, the magic mirror. Remember the horrid glass that made everything large and good that was reflected in it become tiny and horrible, but what was evil and nasty became more obvious, and everything wrong with something was immediately noticeable? A tiny shard had also gone right into poor Kai's heart. Soon his heart would be like a lump of ice. It no longer hurt, but it was still there. What are you crying for, he asked. It makes you look ugly. There's nothing the matter with me. Ugh, he suddenly cried out. That rose over there is all worm-eaten. And look, that one's all crooked. They really are such ugly roses. They look like the boxes they're standing in. And he gave the box a hard shove with his foot and broke off the two roses. Kai, what are you doing? The little girl shouted. And when he saw how shocked she was, he pulled another rose off and then rushed inside from his window, away from sweet little Gerda. When she later came with the picture book, he said that it was only for babies, and if the grandmother told them stories, he always came up with some objection. And if he could, he would follow after her, put a pair of glasses on, and speak exactly the way she did, so convincingly that it made people laugh at him. He was soon able to follow everyone in the whole street and mimic them. Everything that was a bit odd about them and not very fetching, Kai was able to imitate. And then people said, that boy certainly got a clever head on his shoulders. But it was the piece of glass he had got in his eye, the glass that was lodged in his heart. That was why he teased even little Gerda, who loved him with all her soul. The games he played were so different from before. They were so dictated by reason. One winter's day, when the snowflakes came swirling down, he came with a large burning glass, held out the corner of his blue coat, and let the snowflakes fall on it. Just look in the glass, Gerda, he said, and every snowflake became much larger and looked like a magnificent flower or a ten-pointed star. It was lovely to look at. See how ingenious, Kai said? It's much more interesting than real flowers are, and there isn't a single fault in them anywhere. They are perfectly accurate, as long as they don't melt. Shortly afterwards, Kai came along with big gloves and a sledge on his back, and he shouted right into Gerda's ear, I've been given permission to go sledging on the great square where the others play, and off he rushed. On the square, the boldest boys often fastened their sledges to the farmer's cart and were pulled a really long way. That was great fun. Right in the middle of their game, a large sleigh came along. It was painted completely white, and in it sat someone wrapped in a thick white fur with a thick furry cape. The sleigh went round the square twice, and Kai quickly fastened his small sledge to it. And now he got a ride too. He went faster and faster into the next street. The person driving it looked backwards and nodded to Kai in a friendly way, almost as if they knew each other. Each time Kai wanted to unfasten his small sledge, the person nodded once more, and Kai stayed where he was. They drove straight out of the city gate. Then the snow started to fall so thick and fast that the little boy couldn't see a hand in front of his face while he hurtled along. Then he quickly let go of the string to free himself from the big sleigh, but that didn't help him a bit. His little sledge was still attached, and he was traveling as fast as the wind. Then he shouted very loudly, but no one heard him, 
and the snow whirled past and the sledge flew along. From time to time it gave a leap. It was as if he was traveling over ditches and fences. He was quite frightened. Wanted to say his Lord's Prayer, but all he could remember was his multiplication table from 10 to 20. The snowflakes grew larger and larger. Finally, they looked like large white hens. Suddenly, they leapt to one side. The large sleigh came to a halt, and the person driving it stood up. The great fur and cape were completely of snow. It was a lady, so tall and straight, so gleamingly white. It was the Snow Queen. We've arrived safely, she said. But do you call that freezing? Creep into my bare fur coat. And she placed him in the sleigh with her, wrapped the fur round him. It felt like sinking into a snowdrift. Are you still freezing cold, she asked, and then kissed him on the forehead. Ah, it was colder than ice. It went right to his heart, which had already half turned into a lump of ice. It was as if he was going to die, but only for a moment. Then it felt fine. He could no longer notice the cold around him. My sledge! Don't forget my sledge! He only remembered that now, and it was attached to one of the white hens, and it flew behind with the sledge on its back. The Snow Queen kissed Kai once more, and then he had forgotten little Gerda and Grandmother and all of them back home. That's all the kisses you're getting, she said, for otherwise I would kiss you to death. Kai looked at her. She was so beautiful, he couldn't imagine a cleverer, lovelier face. Now she didn't seem to be of ice, as she did when she sat outside his window and waved to him. In his eyes, she was perfect. He didn't feel the slightest bit afraid. He told her that he could do mental arithmetic and fractions, knew the area of countries and how many inhabitants, and she smiled the whole time. Then he felt that what he knew wasn't enough, and he looked up into the vast, vast realms of the air, and she flew with him, flew high up onto the black cloud, and the storm roared and raged. It was as if it was singing old songs. They flew over forests and lakes, over seas and lands. Beneath them the cold wind roared, the wolves howled, the snow glittered, with black screeching crows flying above it. But above everything, the moon shone so large and bright, and Kai gazed at it the long, long wintry night. During the day he slept at the Snow Queen's feet. So those were the first two stories of the Snow Queen. For today's writing prompt, I want you to think of some type of weather element. It could be anything. Rain, clouds, hail, storms, tornadoes, hurricanes. And I want you to personify it. This means to make a character out of the weather. You could do this by turning it into a magical being of some sort, kind of like the Snow Queen in the story. It could be a god. It could be an evil witch. Maybe you want to create a couple of these magical weather beings. Perhaps they battle it out in a huge storm of some sort. One way is to imagine the weather has emotions. So when thinking about tornadoes, for example, the emotion might be anger. So maybe the tornado character is always angry. What about a gentle rain? That emotion will of course be different. Use your imagination. So happy writing. Parents, remember, this is just a fun and creative writing exercise. No need to check grammar and so forth. And if you have children too young to write, you can guide them with drawing a picture based off the prompt. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. If you do write a story based on the prompt and would like the chance for it to be read on the show, I'd love to check it out. You can email it to storykingpodcast at gmail.com. Just include your name and where you're from and which prompt your story is based off of. Again, that's storykingpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on YouTube and Twitter. Those links will be in the show notes. And please click like on our Facebook page. We're at facebook.com 
forward slash Story King Podcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram. Our username on there is StoryKing.podcast. And if you'd like to be a part of what we're doing with this show, please consider becoming a patron. You can choose a monthly membership tier at www.patreon.com forward slash The Story King. The link will be in the show notes as well. Thank you for listening to the Story King podcast, where great stories are read, discussed, and given their due honor. Stay healthy and safe, and please join us tomorrow for another great story. Until then, 